You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, this is Tim Rice, and this is episode 40 of my podcast, Get Onto My Cloud. Evita opened in London at the Prince Edward Theatre in June 1978. Music by Andrew Lloyd Webber, lyrics by me, our third West End show together. Evita in London starred Elaine Page, David Essex, Joss Ackland, a magical combination, directed masterfully by Hal Prince. We'd hoped, or certainly I had hoped, that these three would all be able to repeat their performances when the show opened on Broadway. And I know Robert Stigwood, the show's producer, was genuinely keen for this to happen. Hal expressed similar views. However, this was at a time when the American Actors' Equity Association, in effect the Performers' Trade Union, were highly resistant to foreign actors playing on Broadway, allegedly depriving homegrown actors of work, unless they were considered stars of international stature. Permission for our three leads was refused. I thought that we could have put up more of a fight, but in retrospect, having an American cast, quality of performances aside, might well have helped us overcome the generally terrible reviews, except for the direction, and a certain amount of anti-British sentiment on the part of New York critics. A few years later, Andrew, now in the role of producer as well as composer, did put up a fight to get Sarah Brightman to Broadway to play the part of Christine in Phantom of the Opera, as she was not then considered at the time to be of sufficient international star status. To his great credit, and to that of Cameron McIntosh, his co-producer, they stood their ground and won. Sarah, with British superstar Michael Crawford in the title role, went to Broadway. Plenty of leading men and women have moved with comparative ease from London to New York and vice versa ever since. The original studio album we'd made of Evita with Judy Covington and company had not done well in America, but news of the enormous success of the show in London particularly as it was directed by one of the greatest American practitioners of the art, had most definitely crossed the Atlantic. So, advanced excitement and ticket orders were pretty good. The three Americans who took the roles of Ava, Che and Perron were respectively Patti LuPone, Mandy Patinkin and Bob Gunton. They were all new to me, and indeed back then they were not particularly established in their home country, as they were to become in later years. Evita definitely set them up for distinguished careers. Patty as a celebrated leading lady in many Broadway shows and concerts, Mandy and Bob in a host of different arenas of entertainment, film, television, theatre, concert. Don't quote me, but in an underwritten part of the trio, Bob Gunton made the greatest impression on me. But they were all excellent and won various awards. The Broadway opening night in September 1979, following trial engagements of several weeks in Los Angeles and San Francisco, was a hectic, crazy, and over-the-top, i.e. fairly ghastly, occasion. The audience, as rather too often at these do's, appeared to be largely people who simply had to be seen at opening nights, and like most such audiences, cheered everything to the rafters indiscriminately, so one had really no idea whether the show was going down well or not. It certainly didn't with the critics. However, normal American audiences, as we'd learned in California, seemed to like the show enormously, 
and so popular was the musical that when it came to awards time, the New York theatrical establishment could hardly avoid giving us a batch of awards, including Tony's, the Oscars of Broadway theatre. I actually copped two Tony's, one for my lyrics and one for the book, which is normally the spoken bits between songs of which there were virtually none in Evita, the work being sung through a la opera. However, I was quite happy to accept the second award, although I did point out in my acceptance speech that there wasn't really a book. But as the idea and construction of the story were mine, I felt I could live with my double win. I think my co-creators got over it. Back to the first night. There was an insanely extravagant opening night party at a deafening discotheque called Zenon, a kind of Studio 54 wannabe, which these days is the site of the Stephen Sondheim Theatre. I did not linger long to bop at Zenon, where conversation was impossible. The night before, I'd stayed out very late indeed with some English non-showbiz friends, and as a result of that truly enjoyable evening, felt grim all day and barely able to stay awake during the actual premiere. A rave in Zenon would have been the last straw in many ways. Here is Patti Lupone singing one of the most challenging numbers in the whole score, Rainbow High, given added excitement on the opening night as Lauren Bacall, mentioned in the lyric, was actually in the audience. Patti delivered the line straight to Ms. Bacall and won the biggest round of the night. I don't really think I need the reasons why I won't succeed. I haven't started. Let's get this show on the road. Let's make it obvious. Bet on is off and rolling. I came from the people, they need to adore me. So Christian Dior me, from my head to my toes. I need to be dazzling, I want to be rainbow high. They must have excitement, and so must I. Patty's account of her time in Evita in her memoirs is certainly entertaining. 
For starters, she said she didn't really like the music and that she wanted to work with Hal Prince but did not want to do a Vita. She also stated that listening to the score on record way before she got the part, quote, All I could think of was that this guy, Andrew Lloyd Webber, hated women, unquote. A pretty daft statement, even if you don't know Andrew, but how she got that from the music was beyond me. Maybe she thought he'd written the lyrics as well, in which case, for once in Evita's life, I was quite glad to be missing out on a mention. Patty was ahead of her time in assuming there was a feminist or anti-feminist agenda around every corner, which there wasn't in Evita. Patty seemed to have continued to have a rocky relationship with Andrew, notably over Sunset Boulevard, which mercifully didn't involve me. I refer to the rockiness, not to the show, of course. However, I did once have a brief encounter with another of his leading ladies, Faye Dunaway. I was in New York for a workshop with Alan Menken of King David prior to a concert presentation at the Amsterdam Theatre in 1997. This workshop took place on the ninth floor of a building in downtown Manhattan, 890 Broadway, of which virtually every floor was dedicated to theatre, rehearsals, set building, costume making, dance, auditions, workshops, and so on. One evening on the way down from the ninth floor, the rather ancient lift or elevator stopped at the eighth, and a familiar-looking lady stepped in. I thought I knew her from somewhere, and by about the sixth floor, I had clocked that it was Faye Dunaway. She turned to me somewhat aggressively and said that I'd helped her lose her role in what she said was your musical. What? Which musical, said I? Sunset Boulevard, said she. In vain did I explain that I had nothing to do with that show, but the elevator journey, like life, was too short, and she stomped off, no doubt delighted that she'd put the rat who'd booted her off the show in his place. I'm not sure who she thought I was, surely not Andrew, for whom she must have auditioned. I do recall reading somewhere that she'd been booked to take over from Glenn Close in the role of Norma Desmond, but had then been removed, as it was claimed she could not sing to the required standard. Nothing to do with me, Gov, but at least she didn't get violent. Faye, however, remained one of my favourite film actresses. Bonnie and Clyde was, of course, the film that launched her career in 1967. She was Bonnie. And in 1976, she won a leading actress Oscar for her work in Network. A short while after my lift encounter with Bonnie, I met Clyde, better known as Warren Beatty. This was backstage at a Madonna concert, which I attended with Robert Stigwood, when we were attempting to persuade Madonna to consider playing Evita in the movie version. I don't recall we had to do much persuading, as she was very keen to play the part, but among the backstage crowd after the show was her then-current squeeze, Warren Beatty, who, as soon as we were introduced, warmly congratulated me on Phantom of the Opera. I still haven't worked out how to react to these mistaken compliments. Sometimes it's easier to accept the praise for something one hasn't done, in order not to embarrass the alleged fan. On other occasions, it's perhaps best to correct them immediately in order to get the misunderstanding out of the way before a social occasion or relationship develops. So I took the latter route with Warren Beatty. However, when I explained that Phantom had nothing to do with me, he seemed extremely embarrassed and moved away from me, sharpish. I never spoke to him or met him again. I don't think he and Madge were an item by the time the Evita film happened. Maybe I should have made a gag out of it by congratulating him on Lawrence of Arabia, but I never even got the chance to do that. All in all, my encounters with both Bonnie and Clyde have been less than fortuitous. And of course, 
There's no reason why people should know who wrote what in the musical world. Lyricists in particular seem to be a more difficult pub quiz question than composers. Patty also had a Barney with Andrew over Sunset Boulevard, which she played in London but not in New York. At least she never blamed me, and ironically, Elaine did play Norma Desmond on Broadway. Here's Patty singing the music she didn't like very well indeed, with a powerful Bob Gunton as Perron in the scene when Ava and Juan meet for the first time at a charity concert in aid of earthquake victims. Cannot bear on Eva Duarte I've heard so much about you I'm amazed for I'm only a soldier One of the thousands defending the country But when you act, the things you do affect us all. But when you act, you take us away from the squalor of the real world. Are you here on your own? Yes. So am I. What a fortune that coincidence. Maybe you're my reward for my efforts here tonight. It seems crazy, but you must believe there's nothing calculated, nothing planned. Please forgive me if I seem naive. I would never want to force your hand, but please understand I'd be good for you. I don't always rush in like this Twenty seconds after saying hello Telling strangers I'm too good to miss If I'm wrong I hope you'll tell me so But you really should know I'd be good for you I'd be surprisingly good for you I won't go on if I'm boring you But do you understand my point of view? Do you like what you hear, what you see And would you be good for me too? I'm not talking of a hurry night A frantic tumble and a shy goodbye Understand you perfectly, and I like what I hear, what I see, and knowing me, I would be good for you too. I'm not talking of a hurry night, a frantic tumble, and a shy goodbye.
surprisingly good for you. There is no one, no one at all. Never has been a lover, will be a lover, male or female. Who hasn't an eye on it? Fact they rely on. Drinks they can try on their partners. They're hoping their lover will help them or keep them, support them, promote them, don't blame them. I'd be surprisingly good for you. Patti LuPone and Bob Gunton from the original Broadway cast album of Evita. Despite the cool reception from what I would call the Broadway journalistic establishment, Evita was a considerable success on its New York debut and did a great deal to establish us, Andrew in particular, as something more than a fluke. It was an infinitely better produced and directed show than our first Broadway venture, Jesus Christ Superstar, and did a lot better winning Tonys and running for almost four years. Back then, a very good run indeed. The Hal Prince production was so good that it was recreated exactly all around the world. And although there have been many, many different approaches to the piece since, some very good, such as a recent treatment by the young director, Miss Sammy Camold, his version remains the definitive one. In 2006, an excellent revival directed by Michael Grandage opened in London, which starred the quite brilliant Elena Roger, who became the first Argentine actress to play Evita. And she's one of the nicest and most delightful people one could hope to meet. She also took the show to Broadway, playing opposite Latin heartthrob Ricky Martin. But back to 1979. It would be remiss of me not to include a selection from this show featuring Mandy Patinkin. So here he is, with a song that sarcastically portrays the workings of the Ava Perón Foundation. And the money kept rolling in. And the money kept rolling in from every side. Ava's pretty hands reached out and they reached wide. Now you may feel it should have been a voluntary cause. But that's not the point, my friends. When the money keeps rolling in, you don't ask how. Think of all the people guaranteed a good time now. Ava's called the hungry to her, open up the doors. Never been a fun like the foundation, Ava Education. Own your landlord's house, take the family on vacation. Ava and her blessed fund can make your dreams come true. Here's all you have to do, my friends. Write your name and your dream on a card or a pad or a ticket. Throw it high in the air and should our lady pick it. She will change your way of life for a week or even two. Name me anyone who cares as much as Ava To the destitute of all complexions 
Now cynics claim a little of the cash has gone astray. But that's not the point, my friends. When the money keeps rolling out, you don't keep books. You can tell you've done well by the happy, grateful looks. Accountants only slow things down, figures get in the way. Never been a lady loved as much as Ava Expenses, wouldn't you? But where on earth can people hide their little piece of heaven? Thank God for Switzerland, where a girl and a guy with a little pet of cash between them can be sure when they deposit, no one's seen them. Oh, what bliss to sign your checks as 30127. Never been accounts in the name of Abraham. Andy Patinkin as Che Guevara in Evita on Broadway. Patti LuPone's book is entitled Patti LuPone, A Memoir. Other theatrical memoirs are available. That was Get Onto My Cloud, episode 40. Written and presented by me, Tim Rice, and produced by none other than Peter Holmes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists. What they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 